John Carpenter edition. Woo! Cha! We are back for the final week of John Carpenter month. I can't believe it's been a month. Who's that? Oh. Welcome, <laughs> podcaster, writer, actor, amazing person, and my partner and love of my life, Nicole Lee Hood, back again. When did I become a writer? You write parts of this episode. Oh. Or these episodes? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I've never been called a writer before. Yeah, but you do write. I suppose I do. Add that to my gravestone. <laughs> Is that something I need to be worried about? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's 2021. Lots of things could happen. That is true. That is true. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So welcome to Horror Nah. We are doing one on John Carpenter. It is going to be a little controversial and it's going to be fun. And I'm so excited to talk about it. We are covering 1988's They Live. Oh my God. Thank you so much for having me. I know you literally can't stand being around me, but like this means a lot. <laughs> we are recording this on Valentine's Day, three days before my birthday. Truth. And Michael Jordan's birthday. And Huey P. Newton's birthday. I love that you know that. That you... And Paris Hilton's birthday. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Aquarius babies. Yeah. We rule. <laughs> we rule. <laughs> this is a fun one. I wanted to cover this one because I wanted to cover something after the thing. Mm-hmm. The, because the world is an unjust, horrifying, ruthless, just piece of shit place. And for some reason, the thing kind of ruined John Carpenter's career. Tell me how you really feel. <laughs> <laughs> I could say more. I know. I know you could. I frequently do. Just not always on mic. Yeah. Not everybody wants to listen to that all the time. So yeah, uh, this is a fun one. Yeah. I it's, really. It's a really fun movie. I love this. I'd only ever seen it piecemeal on cable. This is my first time watching it, you know, front to back, no edits. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's super silly. It's very like campy in an '80s way. And it for sure is, yeah. It's it's a very traditional '80s camp um, action mm-hmm. kind of film. Um, I mean, we've got amazing lines that are like, I don't know, like life is a bitch and she's in heat and like I'm shit here like to that. chew bubble gum and kick ass and I'm all out of bubble gum. I mean, I love it. I love it. I it's so fun. I was cracking up. So this, yeah, this movie is it's super it's super silly, super fun. Um, but it also has a message, which will and a good message, you know, yeah, yeah, which we'll obviously talk about. Yeah. So if you are new to the podcast, hello, welcome, hi, hi. Please we don't, don't be a bite. Dick. That's not true for either of us. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> our one rule is don't be a dick um don't be a dick don't be <clears throat> and even dick. that's flexible but it's, you have to be fun to be a dick so what yeah. we do here on horror and nah, it is one of the a couple different versions of this podcast that we run um mm-hmm. but what we would like to do is look at movies on the borderline between horror or nah and discuss them and decide whether or not they belong in the big tent of horror or not Mm-hmm. And it's not about gatekeeping. It's about uh, discussing genre and filmmaking and how we understand art. Yeah. Is that fair? Yeah. I cool. like that. <laughs> yeah. Fuck out of here with the gatekeeping bullshit. This is all about trying to understand what 
our favorite genre is. It's a it's a weird one. It's a difficult one to define, and we're just working on that as a project. It's Whenever an we figure it out, piece. this podcast will end. Yeah, it's a, it's an opinion <laughs> piece. So yeah, and a discussion piece, and blah 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 blah. It's a lot of fun. So yeah, we are gonna look at the movie They Live from 1988, directed and written by John Carpenter. Who's that? My dad. Yes. <laughs> Can you introduce me? I would love to. <laughs> I, when I meet him, I will know. Uh, but yeah, he wrote it under a nom de plume. Yes. Frank Armitage, which is a reference to H.P. Lovecraft because John Carpenter is a dork. Yes, big old dork. Uh, and it's based on the short story Eight O'Clock in the Morning by Ray Nelson. Yes. It was a comic book and then a short story and Carpenter got the rights because he loved it so much. And it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of references to 50s sci-fi, which he had always wanted to make anyway, because it's what he grew up on. And you know what? Thinking about it in in comic book terms, he did a really great job of bringing, yeah, bringing like the comic book to life from casting famous Mm -hmm. wrestler. Oh, yeah. I haven't even said that. It it stars Rowdy Roddy Piper. Yeah. <laughs> Bagpipe playing Canadian motherfucker. Yeah. And so he's he, already casting him. It's it's very animated and it's very... Yeah. Um, Stilted. And also he just kind of has like a look for... Like he probably was made into like action figures. So he, he's oh, kind of... Oh, he totally was. Yeah. He's perfect for the comic book aesthetic and mm-hmm. also the lines that are said. Like you said, um, I'm... Here what to was chew bubblegum and yeah. kick ass, and I'm all out of bubblegum. That was, like, redone in Duke Nukem, the video game. Yeah, and that's such a, that's, again, such, like, a campy comic book line. Mm-hmm. And some of the fight scenes, like, the whole action It's a six-minute-long fight scene. Like, it's, <laughs> it's two seconds away from, like, having the pause and it going into a comic book and saying, pow, bam. Like, yeah. it's two seconds away from doing yeah. that. So he did a great job of taking that whole comic book aesthetic and really bringing it to life, which absolutely is is amazing. This this movie is definitely has Carpenter all over it, but he, it's also very different for him because the music is very David Lynch. Mm-hmm. Um, the shots are even very David Lynch. There's um, some Lynchian shots, yeah. Which I I I could argue that they both have similar styles they like an anamorphic format yeah yeah and they also they like kind of that stilted acting yes heightened i would say but yeah stilted is a good word too yeah it's it's very it's very dry there's there's not much to it but it somehow works um i think it especially works in horror films because it makes everything feel very sterile and off and Mm -hmm. it just makes the viewer yeah it makes the viewer uneased (laughs) yeah i mean this is I guess let's uh, do a little bit of setup here and we'll just dive right in. Because what we do on the show is not, (laughs) uh, there's no real scripting on this. There's no real format to this other than let's talk about the movie. And the guest kind of drives how we talk about the movie. We've had people come in and say like, hey, the plot's the most important thing towards the horror film. Like towards the argument. But you kind of come in and we collaborate and discuss on where this film lies in canon. Yeah. So... As I said, this stars Rowdy Roddy Piper mm-hmm. as Nada, uh, who is never name. named in the film. He's only named in the credits. Well, because, I mean, we'll, uh, we'll obviously talk about the themes of the movie, but, like, 
it was a perfect name because it's it's all you know a lot of it's about capitalism and everything and and two particularly Reagan Reagan capitalism too yes and two the people who are trying to sell you things and everything as a consumer you are nothing yes to them you are not a person you are a dollar sign so having someone literally just named he went further than naming him John Smith and just like said the silent part and said John Nada which he was lucky because in the original short story the character the lead character's name is it's david or george but his last name is nada yeah um so carpenter got a little lucky here <laughs> for sure and i mean i like being that, able to do that but yeah i like no. that he kept it though yeah exactly yeah. i think it's a really you know he was just sort of like this is so dumb but i love it <laughs> oh yeah it's me naming characters right like i have a character in a short film that i, I keep trying to get shot uh who's called gacy yeah and i make up i make a joke about it in the in the script but yeah um it's about a serial killer and she's not that she's not a serial killer, but yeah, she's a side character and yeah, it's fun. Yeah. We dorks do dorky things. True. Dorks be dorks. Correct. Speaking of through. dorks, Keith David is our uh, second lead here. From the thing. From the thing. Oh my God. He was in the thing. He was in the thing. And in Juilliard and Community and Adventure Time and uh, the Halo series and <laughs> <laughs> just has been working dude doesn't quit I love uh it. he was a major great. voice in our childhood in gargoyles like mm-hmm. i love keith david so much and he is young and he is hot in this movie yeah he has filled out since his role as childs in 1982 oh my god <laughs> like, he's looking thick and i'm happy <laughs> But getting back to like comic book thing, he is very comic booky in this movie. Oh yeah, you've got you got two two very strong buff guys. They again look like freaking action figures, so they that really do, that translates yeah. to comic book aesthetic very easily. Yeah, and then we've got you know Meg Foster as Holly. Yep, she's a very and calming voice. She, she just, has like, a talks, really great like, voice. Like her yeah. cadence is very calming. I could fall mm-hmm. asleep to like her telling me a bedtime story. But her eyes are terrifying. <laughs> They're the color of ice. <laughs> they really are. They really are. And then they they make they of course make her makeup sort of dark. Like she has those red lips and then like yeah, some brown. Really good contouring tan. on her chin. Yeah. So so her eyes really pop in this one. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Um, that's kind of our main few. That's our main three. Um, yeah. Buck Flower as the drifter who turns collaborator, and Peter Jason as Gilbert, the leader of the resistance, mm-hmm. and Raymond Saint Jacques as the uh, the street the blind street preacher. Yeah. So basically, the story of this movie is we're in sort of like a uh, it's the eighties, but it's a different eighties, or it's the yeah, it's a yeah. little dystopian. Um, <laughs> and more, yeah, a little bit, maybe a little yeah. bit, <laughs> or. Um, there was a quote that I read that was like, it's either dystopian future, but looks like the 80s, or it's like pessimistic present. Yeah, and I would argue that it's a second. Yeah. Um, it's a pessimistic present. And I think it's a realistic present, too. Not to be that asshole who's like, I'm not a pessimist, I'm a realist. Ew. Yeah, it fucking sucks <laughs> saying that out loud. But I think it is what's going on here. Is that yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He was making a statement. He, uh, as we said in our episode in the fog, John Carpenter hates Ronald Reagan here's, so much. Here's an incredible. <laughs> here's an incredible quote from Carpenter himself. By the late '80s, I'd had enough, and I decided I had to make a statement, as stupid and banal as it is. But I made one, and that's they live. I just love that it was giving the finger to Reagan when nobody else would. He told. Mm-hmm. He said this. Um, to the Los Angeles Times in 2013. Oh, uh, back when that was a real paper, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I love Carpenter and I hate Reagan. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm so glad that those two things get to coincide. Yeah. Um, particularly in this movie. And like I said in The Fog, like uh, Janet Lee's character, when we, when we covered that movie last week, um, Janet Lee's character is 100% Nancy Reagan. Yes. And we talked yes. a lot about the critiques of Reagan as he was coming into office in that movie. Yeah. And this is eight years later. And yes. Carpenter's career is back in indie world. And no one wants to give him any money. So this movie came out right after Halloween 4. Yes. Uh, actually, no, no, right after. I mean, yeah, like a like week Like a week after. after. Yeah, sorry. Um, and it tanked. This movie was a was a box office disappointment. And it was completely overshadowed by Halloween 4. Um, and it's, I know. Um, <laughs> Once again, every movie we've covered by Carpenter except Halloween has tanked. And they're all amazing. And I believe... <laughs> But I believe after this movie came out was when Bush was for the first Bush was yeah. elected. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Fun fact: uh, George H. W. Bush, the first Bush, yes, his father, and George W. Bush, the second one, his yeah. grandfather, were involved in a fascist attempted takeover of the United States called the Business Plot. Look it up. There's also a great episode of Behind the Bastards called uh, or Behind the Insurrections about it. Um, but look up the Business Plot. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> Prescott Bush tried to organize with some other mega capitalists to install a fascist ta- or like have a fascist coup of the government. Yikes! Yeah. Yikes! Super fun. Ugh. I hate the Bushes, all of them, every single one. Barbara, Laura, H. W. W. I'm just glad that I don't Sorry, really. W. I'm just glad that I don't really. They're not, like, in the news that much anymore. Like, I don't have to hear their names. Yeah. I'm just tired of people trying to rehab them. Yeah. Fuck that. And this is important. It's staying in, and this is a political movie, and this is a political podcast sometimes, so fuck off. Anyway. Horror does get political because (laughs) politics are terrifying. And it's also about our shit. Yeah. Yeah. Horror is a reflection of the world. Yep. (sighs) Deep breath. Where were we? (laughs) I don't don't know. I blacked out thinking about Reagan. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which I think is what happened when Carpenter made this movie. So Probably. Yeah. So the story is basically Nada, played by Roddy Piper, mm-hmm. is a drifter who is just trying to find work. We're in a, yeah, a dystopian America. Uh, there's talk about the coming 90s, right? Yeah. And so it could be, you know, 2088 or it could be 1988, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but things look like the 80s. It's set. Yeah. I think the pessimistic present thing is a very good call. Wouldn't that be interesting, though, if like... If the decades, as far as like fashion and everything, just kept repeating themselves, like in Be in, fucking freaky. in 2080, it was the same fashion as 1980, and like and so forth. And we've got Joy Division two. Yeah, we, <laughs> you know, like the wedding singer comes out again in the 90s, and I'm just you're just very happy. I'm dead. Nah, you'll be like in your hundreds, but you'll be alive. Yeah, I'm living forever. We I've do decided. have a we do have a promise we've made each other to never die. Yeah, we're gonna live forever. Here for it. <laughs> Highlanders. There can only be two. Ooh. I choose <laughs> so my cat. updating it. <laughs> oh, damn it. So, yeah. Um, he rolls into town. It's L.A. He's trying to find a job. Goes to the unemployment office. Can't get it. She laughs at him. It's awful. Yikes. Goes to a construction site. Gets a job. Meets Keith David, who takes him to, you know, the sort of like a shanty town, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. Tent village. Hoover, t- Hoover Towns is what they called them in the 30s during the Depression. Right. Uh, same idea. And, you know, things are okay. There's some leaders. Uh, these weird broadcasts come over the TV and they don't know what's going on and why that's happening, yada, yada. Find out that there's this group who's running this shanty town who uh, 
believe that there's something sinister happening in the world. Mm-hmm. Roddy Piper gives this whole speech about, I believe in America. Right. The town's, the, the, yeah, the tent village is uh, destroyed. <laughs> Never seen that before. <laughs> that was the one and only time it happened and it was fiction. Oh, God. <laughs> Not like uh, NYPD and LAPD have both uh, destroyed multiple uh, unhoused encampments. Yeah. But whatever. So Nada ends up finding these sunglasses uh, that show him that there are the world is not actually cu- full of color. It is black and white, and all of our dollar bills and advertisements say things like "obey," mm. "do not question authority," uh, "money says this is your god," yeah, uh, stuff like that, and uh, like things like "stay asleep." And there, he sees some graffiti that says that in the uh, the normal world that says "they live, we sleep," right? Yes. Yes. So he's freaking out. He can't figure out what's going on. And he finally does figure it out. And then we see these sort of like uh, Mars attacks looking aliens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or like I would I'd say like uh, Carpenter described them as ghouls. Ghouls. I, like I would it. say like it's just the muscular muscular system. Yeah. Right. Like uh, muscular nervous system is what you can see. Like the skin is off of a person is basically yeah. what it looks like. Um, I think I think Nada, John Nada, our our main character is like is like they look like they've had like formaldehyde. Yeah, call know, somebody formaldehyde face. face. Yeah, formaldehyde <laughs> face. He's like you're fucking ugly. <laughs> um, they the the cops and some of the cops are uh, infiltrators. Some of the cops aren't, but yeah. all the cops are bastards. Uh, correct. And. They try to stop him, but because he's big, big bad wrestler man, mm-hmm. he stops the cops, steals their guns, kills them because they're the aliens, mm-hmm. uh, and goes on a rampage and like shoots up a bank, yeah, <laughs> and kidnaps this woman Holly and gets. I don't want to get too deep in the plot, but basically, yeah, he freaks out. Finally, Keith, uh, finds Keith David again. It's like Frank, you gotta put the sunglasses on. They have a six minute fight about whether or not he's going to put the sunglasses on. Mm-hmm. He finally does. The two of them are like, fuck. They get hook back up with the leader of the, the shanty town. Mm-hmm. He takes him to a meeting, which is then overrun by agents who just mercilessly murder every single person there. Yeah. Frank and Nada find their way to the home base, which is the TV station. Frank is killed by Holly because she's a bastard. <laughs> yeah. Um, she collaborates, right? Mm-hmm. They're called collaborators in the in the synopsis. Yes. Um, so she's like, oh, no, I'll take the cash and just ignore the fact that these people are here. Yeah. And live a rich fucking life as opposed to, you know, fighting back against the powers that be. Yeah. I will sell out. Yeah. And not as like, fuck you, kills her, destroys the satellite, is killed. But everybody realizes it. And we get one last shot of titties in the movie. The oh, only yeah. shot of titties in the movie is this woman. <laughs> Who's watching the news and all of a sudden she sees that they're the infiltrator aliens and the guy she's fucking is an infiltrator alien and that's cut to credits. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) Just to really throw the camp on it. It's like, yeah, Carver's like, no, I'm putting some titties in here. Yeah. Again, it's, it's, it's such a funny, silly movie. Like don't you, but like with a message again. And what I find really interesting since this is Carpenter month is We've said before that when he put out a lot of his independent films, mm-hmm. he was ahead of his time in the horror genre. Yeah. And this really highlights it with... So so in, in the 80s, it was the huge surge of our main monsters that we still recognize today. Huge. Freddy Krueger, Mike, Michael Myers, um, etc. So... Jason Voorhees. Jason, yeah. Jason Voorhees, Yeah. So what we wanted 
apparently in the 80s and bled into the 90s was a physical monster to hate or yeah. whatever. Yeah. You know, we wanted we wanted physicalization of what our enemy is mm-hmm. in a horror film. And that's changed with um and again we've we've also we've talked about Jordan Peele a lot. Yes. How a lot of his films um there isn't necessarily like a nefarious character, it's more of a nefarious idea. Yeah. Um and and those are huge now, you know, and 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 other filmmakers of the like. It's funny that Halloween was his huge, huge movie. And then second to that, I would say The Thing, where by calling something The Thing, you've got a tangible monster. Yes. You know? And in his other films, like this one and The Fog, and, you know, it's it's a little bit more symbolic of what the monster is you kind of have to dig a little bit deeper totally um and see past the text to the subtext of the movie and those didn't do as well it's just again i think it's it's a symptom of him being a little bit ahead of his time yeah he um so this this did not bomb like the thing bombed right right it's kind of the inverse where the thing cost shit tons of money yeah and didn't make it back this cost three million dollars um still an indie budget and it made like time. 13 million right yeah, yeah it definitely didn't do as well as anything else that came out in october of, or november i guess of 1988 yeah um, and i guess you know when you have a when you have two movies coming out by the same person you're automatically going to do a comparison so i think that's why a lot of people were like oh yeah that movie bombed because halloween 4 was just so huge and made a lot of money at the box yeah. office so you're talking about movies and like what we wanted in the 80s right yeah one thing that really happens in the 80s is this commodification of horror. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, of everything, right? Like, the yeah. 80s were a commodification of everything you can do. Like, there's a reason yeah. that American Psycho was written, right? Mm-hmm. Um, much as I don't like that book or that movie, the message, part of the message is very, very good, which is, look at how fucked this is. Yeah. Right? Totally. Um, it's this period of excess. It's the re- like, we get Madonna because of it. Like, the, the, what we know of as Madonna, right? Not, yeah. Not punk and disco club Madonna, but... Yeah. This glitz, glam, no, nothing behind the screen. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain thing. Yes. I think we're recording this right after um, Britney Spears' conservatorship is finally... Seems like it's going to be over. You know? Yeah, yeah. And that's what leads into the 90s with this, is this sort of just like um, commercialization and commodification of art. Totally. That's where talked. you get the bubble gum. That's where you get yep. all of that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Max Martin running the it's music It's all industry, very you know? clean. It's yeah. all very clean and you don't see anything messy. But please don't pick at the paint. <laughs> yeah. It's all very clean and young and bright. And, it's but particle yeah, don't, board. Don't pick at the paint. Yeah. yeah it's particle Don't board. get too close. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's definitely, it's a film that's so of its time. Yeah. In that it's critiquing the things that are around it. Yeah, and I guess what I'm saying is that I don't think people were ready for that. No, and they never are for Carpenter. Um, he's yeah. Always, he's always fucking light years. He's, yeah. He's a galaxy brain motherfucker, right? Well, and like, it's like, it almost was like a cautionary tale in a way. Yeah. Like, like it, <laughs> he was warning us of something, whether he knew it or not, and we certainly didn't listen or and or understand it. Yeah. I don't think we still do. Um, I think we very, in this decade, we're very slowly 
pulling back the curtain on things. And with the internet being so powerful these days and social media and information being able to be spread so quickly among people, I think that we're finally sort of peeling the curtain back. But I think you're right. In the 80s and 90s, it was all very, like, yeah. commodified. So I guess we should really get into the meat of the episode, right? We're, we're dancing around the issue right now. But we should yeah. go ahead and up front just say, is this movie a horror movie or not? Uh, Nicole? So after careful consideration, truly, because... At first, I, I I was kind of like, no, I think it's I think it's a sci-fi action film. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I'm gonna say that movies like Scare Me or Alien or you know some 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 of the other more action um, films and also films that have more of a subtext message, I have to say that this one is a sci-fi movie first, an action movie second, and a horror movie third. So it is one because yeah. of the subtext, but it's not. It's not solely a horror film, and it's that's not its leading credit for me. That's fair, um, and that might sound like a cop out, but I do no, think no. I do think that it has horror elements in a broader definition of horror, which is what we're exploring. Yeah, right. So, yeah. It, are you are there any jump scares? No. Are there is there a, a physical monster in this? Mm, they're like you There's they're kind of them. they're kind of scary <laughs> yeah they're like aliens or whatever from faces yeah yeah from aldehyde faces so sure but you only see them with the sunglasses on and then the contacts that neither keith david nor roddy viper know how to put in oh my god that was funny <laughs> that was hilarious i, I was like i That's remember me my... trying to put in contacts i'm like i don't know do i press the like roddy piper putting the whole thing up to his oh my eye. god oh my god <laughs> it was such a nice touch it was very funny it was it was, it was funny, funny. Um, uh. but yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of, because again, the text is not scary. Right. It's not. But the subtext is horrifying. And we wanted to have that discussion of horrifying versus horror where yeah. we've, we've had a lot of films where we've talked about on here and you've talked about with different guests. Um, yeah. So we'll, we'll get into that horrifying versus horror discussion here in a second. I'm just going to yeah. throw it on my real quick version too yeah i i came into this movie saying that it, it it's just not a horror movie mm-hmm. um i left this movie going nope this is 100 percent a horror movie there's yeah. no question in my mind yes it is a sci-fi movie yes it's an action movie but um aliens is a sci-fi action horror and i would put it mostly in that or order yeah yeah but it's a horror movie no yeah. question cloverfield is a sci-fi action horror yeah but it's absolutely a horror film yeah like the one thing I could say against it was is that like maybe it's closer to Planet of the Apes mm-hmm. than those two movies, mm-hmm. where Planet of the Apes is horrifying, yeah, but it's not a horror film. Yeah, where I would say that like yeah, at least the original. I haven't really seen much. I've seen bits of the remakes, but I haven't seen them all the way through. Yeah, the the new ones with James Franco and um um, fuck, he played Gollum, Andy Serkis. Mm-hmm. It was in thirteen going on thirty. Um. <laughs> Amazing, <laughs> but yeah, so. I haven't seen much of the the newer ones. I've seen a little bit, but they seem a little more, even more action heavy. But I'm talking like the, the Charlton Heston ones yeah. from the 60s. Yeah. Um, and especially the original, which is the one I've seen the most, probably like 10 times or so. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't call those horror movies, even though they have sort of like a Twilight Zone aspect to them. Yeah. Um, like there, it's a Twilight Zone episode done for two hours, yeah. right? Yeah. This is a Twilight Zone episode done for 94 minutes. Mm-hmm. That is m- closer to an actually proper horror film. 
Yeah. Right. It's not just that apes took over the world and, oh my God, it's weird. We jumped like a hundred years in the future. Yeah. This is, this is the world I'm living in and I'm being forced to live in a horrible way. Yeah. And scrape for my subsistence. Mm-hmm. Like subsistence living, right? Yeah. Town to town to get job to job, right? He talks about how he worked in Denver for a decade doing odd jobs. Mm-hmm. And then the plant closed, right? Mm-hmm. Frank talks about how he was working in Detroit. Yeah. And the plant closed. And he said, you know, if one more of these plants close, I think we should take up arms sort of thing. Right. 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 And that's when we get uh, Nada's speech about, I believe in America and I believe <laughs> in this country, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but he's the guy who wakes up. Yeah. And realizes, oh, no, it really is as bad as Frank said and worse. Yeah. And so that's that's where I think the horror really comes into it, is that it is about the horror of having that kind of existence. And it's a real-life horror. You know, we're not talking about a Babadook. We're not talking about some mysterious alien that we don't understand from outer space. Yeah, um, that's it's very real. the thing and alien. Yeah. Um, it's a thing that doesn't threaten your specific life. Like, you mm-hmm. are not in physical danger unless you know about it and don't agree with it. Yeah. Then you are very much in danger. But, like, watching this after, you know, um, I was part of Ferguson protests, and then we had um, the most recent protest following Breonna Taylor and George Floyd's murders this Mm -hmm. year. Watching what's happened to my friends in these these movements, these uprisings, right, Mm -hmm. against police brutality. Yeah. This movie hits so much harder now. (laughs) Especially, like, Ferguson was bad. It was not near as bad as what's going on now. Yeah. Like, watching what's been going on in Portland, watching what's been going on in L.A., in New York. Yeah, this movie becomes this movie becomes way more prescient with time. Yeah, and it was relevant then, and it's relevant, you know, thirty four years later, thirty three years later. But yeah, this this movie becomes way more prescient with time. Yeah, um, it was relevant then; it's relevant thirty some years later. Because again, a lot of people were saying that it it now they're saying that it was a cautionary tale that, it, and again, it ties back into him being of the time but ahead of his time. Yeah, like he was making something. He was making a statement, and even in that quote that I read earlier, he, you know, he was just like, "I just had to say something. I was yeah. fed up. I, I had to get my point across." And good for him for using, you know, any sort of platform that he had at the time to try to, you know, wake people up. Um, yeah, because I don't, I still don't think people are very awake to what's really going on again i think we're slowly pulling the curtain back again with you know research and the internet and information just being so widely available but on the opposite side of that a lot of incorrect information can be spread yeah Uh, there's always you know there's always a pro and a con to things like that but yeah i mean this is definitely a horrifying situation yeah and so it's really funny it's so (laughs) Carpenter's had a lot to say about this movie. He's been asked about this movie a lot. And one of those big things, just to get it out of the way, this is not an anti-Jewish movie. Jesus fucking Christ. I still can. I can't believe that people actually thought that. But I also can because people suck. (laughs) Fuck all Nazi punks. Fuck all Nazi bastards. Get the fuck away from me. Um, yeah, go no, watch this our is, Green Room episode. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> if you want to hear watch more, Green Room, on this. listen to our episode and yeah. ignore the person who said really mean things about us on there. Um, <laughs> That's fine. I still can't believe "Weird Political Rants" was the title of that review. <laughs> I laugh about it every other day. It just pops up in my head. I'm just like, mm, delicious. <laughs> delicious. So, yes, first of first and foremost, he's like, no, 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 no. It's anti you, not anti-Semitic. 
Yes. To, to the Nazis and white supremacists, right? Yeah. Again, get fucked. Get out of here. No one likes you. Right. Well, too many people like you. That's the problem. But fuck off. Shut up and and be be, be better people. Just be better people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so another funny thing that he said uh, in an interview with uh, uh, Steve Swires in Starlog. Mm-hmm. Great magazine. Now defunct, I think. But um, yeah. Said, quoting Carpenter here, he says, uh, they want to own all our businesses. A universal executive asked me, where's the threat in that? We all sell out every day. I ended up using that line in the film. (laughs) (laughs) And I just love that. Yeah. Uh, So there's a funny line in there um, about Ted Turner. Yeah. Too. Yeah. So Ted Turner, right, owns fucking everything. Everything. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus he Christ. Basically owns, <laughs> You're from Atlanta. So, he basically yeah. <laughs> owns Georgia. Yeah. He like, owns I'm all, not, all, I'm all not of Atlanta, lie. at least. Yeah. 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 Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they renamed the MARTA, which is the su- equals subway system for yeah, Atlanta. It's, it's the, yeah, it's the buses and trains. And, Except and, it kind of sucks. Yeah. For different reasons that the New York like the subway. Like doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. For different reasons, though. It just doesn't. It doesn't have many lines. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, I wouldn't be surprised if they if, if they change the name of the Marta to just like to like Ted Turner Ted Turner's butthole or butthole. something. I don't like, <laughs> Ted Turner good, tunnels or some Ted shit. Turner tunnels. Yeah, the triple T. Yeah, um, <laughs> the Atlanta <laughs> Turners for their baseball team and basketball team. Yeah, I mean <laughs> the Brave. Team. They need to get rid of the Braves name anyway. So yes. not that Turner's Turner's only like slightly better just because it's not <laughs> appropriation. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, anyway, so yeah, there's a line about Turner uh, that's a joke because he had been colorizing old black and white films. Mm. And people were like, what the fuck are you doing? Just show, like, it's me yelling about Disney Plus, putting everything in one film oh, format. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and just saying, oh, no, 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 it's all going to be in this one aspect ratio. Which right. like fucks up a lot of movies. Um, or like, like high-def televisions uh, uh, speeding up film. So that it looks super clean and realistic, but it's like, no, like the movie was filmed this way for a reason. There was an artistic choice. It's not because it's ugly. It's not ugly. <laughs> right. Anyway. So Carpenter said, uh, the sunglasses being the tool to see the truth. He says, uh, the truth is seen in black and white. And that's also, you know, a nice point that like the truth isn't shades of gray. It's black and white. Yeah. It's yeah. not all this variety. Like the truth is this. Yeah. And the truth is that they're trying to control us. Yeah. It's not pretty. It's ugly. The truth yeah. is ugly. Yeah. The lie is pretty. Yeah. Um, which I love. But he's like, yeah, it's as if the aliens have colorized us. That means, of course, that Ted Turner is really a monster from outer space. Oh, my God. <laughs> John Carpenter, professional shit talker and occasional director. <laughs> <laughs> no, he really is. I... He talks so much shit. <laughs> uh, I, every interview that I read with him like cracks me up because, yeah, he talks so much shit. Yeah. He's funny. He's very funny. He's I love funny. him so much. But yeah, so getting into the horror of it, this is coming a couple of years after the Reagan administration finally said the word AIDS. Oh my God, yeah. So this is coming, this is during the AIDS epidemic. Yes. Um, which the Reagans are, uh, should have put in, been put in jail for. Yes. Maybe tried and hanged for their yes. dealing, uh, handling of it. Yeah, which um, which it's funny that, that we're talking about this today after Trump's acquittal. Yeah. You know? Yes. Yes. Like, what the fuck? It's it, they all should be in jail. It's weird. It's like it's not like so much as history repeats itself. Is is that we just don't ever stop the bad things from happening? Yeah. But yeah, it, it history is uh, uh <laughs> the past is present and it fucking sucks. Yeah. So yeah, not only did Reagan 
fuck up handling the AIDS epidemic and let millions of Americans die. Millions. Yes. Of Americans die. Yes. And I will never, ever, ever forgive him for that. No one should. On top of that, fucked up Iran as our ally. Yeah. Fucked them over real hard. Yeah. Uh, There was a point when Iran was one of our allies, guys. (laughs) Yeah. We were getting along well, and uh, Reagan fucked us over on that. And also union busting, which we're seeing again with Amazon to Bezos, right? Like, yeah. It's talking from today that that's, they think that that's why Bezos just stepped down as CEO because he wants to bust. He doesn't want to do the dirty work of busting up the unions that Amazon employees are trying to do. Yeah. On top of that, like you're looking at uh, Re- Reaganomics in particular, too. Mm-hmm. Just saying, here's all the shiny, happy, like... REM, shiny happy people. Shiny right? happy people. That's yeah. what that 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 album is a response to the Reagan years, right? Yeah. Like yeah. that's what it's about. It's just be happy, buy shit, do coke, and drink yeah. new coke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Speaking of Ted Turner in Atlanta, mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. so like it, it's this it's all full circle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all back, always back to Ted Turner. Yep. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it is about these people who are have been among us. And it's not about like it's the term invasion isn't really even used, right? Because it's not about. No, because they're already I don't there. Wanna, yeah. And I don't want to get into the. I don't they wanna, haven't like, arrived. Yeah. They've been yeah. doing this shit. And it's not like they came. They did come from somewhere else, but they've been controlling for who knows how long. There's a line that says they may have always been here. Who knows? Who gives a shit? Yeah. And there's the whole idea of. The rich only get richer and the poor only get poorer. We're watching it right now. Yeah, it's happening right now. It's how they say millionaires were turned into billionaires during a global pandemic. And yep. yet there's millions of Americans. Uh, I've got friends who, who have been fucking kicked out of their apartments. Uh, yeah, who are getting evicted despite the um, moratorium. I had never heard of that word until 2020. <laughs> um, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, despite that, they're still getting kicked out or they, you know, they haven't, they owe all of this money because no, they haven't been evicted, but they haven't paid rent in six months because they literally can't. But $1,400 can pay your bills until July, according to a new report. And that's oh nine fucking dollars a day if it went in today. Below minimum wage in every state. <laughs> Right? Or no, wait, is it? It's 725 national oh, still, okay, which is okay. garbage. So, but only two dollars, only one and a half dollars above minimum wage a day? Yeah. And, and that's, that's for a day. an hour of work. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's a day. You normally don't work for just an hour a day. I wish, but. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there's that whole idea, which again, ahead of his time, but also of the time. We just yeah. like people weren't listening. And no one's done anything to fix it. Um, and no one's done anything to fix it, yeah. <laughs> There's not any people who can. There's lots of good people. Uh, I'm going to include myself in this who have worked against this sort of shit, but I'm one It's like hitting your friends. head on a wall. Yep. Like you just, you you run into a brick wall everywhere you turn. It's very hard. Yeah, um, my, my journalist, activist, community organizer friends, uh, my lawyer friends. Yeah. You know, local business, like small business owners have tried so fucking hard to fix these things, but they can't because they're not the people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> so yeah, that's why it's a fucking horror movie. Um, yeah, <laughs> because we yeah. Had, no, we barely even brushed into what the movie, like the concept of the movie, and just the mere concept of it is horror. It is horrifying, and we yeah. should get into that conversation to split that up of what the, what those two things mean. And I, I guess that's something that we can land on, maybe. But yeah, um, I mean, things that are horrifying to me, like I'm going to go back to the regular episode that we did on scare me where i was reading all of these reviews like it's not even a horror film it's not even a horror film and i'm like no if you're saying this and you've never been a 
person who's left with an um a man whose ego is threatened by you yeah um it's a it's a scary situation and that movie is very funny but it's also very scary um absolutely and so this this is this isn't this isn't different in in a lot of ways. The subtext again is what's very scary. I think it's packaged really nicely, where he's he's putting a he's getting across a very dark and unfortunately very real message, mm-hmm. but with you know the the veil of a comic book and an action film, and yeah. I think it, I think that's really cool because it's fucking brilliant. It, it entices people to watch it and. You you can't really choose to not get the message. It, it's, no, it's there. No. It's there. We've said a thousand times. Carpenter's not a subtle man. Yeah, it's there. <laughs> um, but but it's also it's extremely palatable. Yeah. Until you start thinking about it, and then it's really scary. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's horrifying, and then the fact that it's so real is also what makes it horror. And you do technically have monsters slash aliens as yeah, well yeah absolutely yeah and so. i'm talking you know like the 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 monsters that we're dealing with these days you know back then it was bushes reagan's mm-hmm. um your, your jerry falwell's your pat robertson's yeah um these days it's still pat robertson that motherfucker's still alive really yeah but it's you know alex jones it's also mitch mcconnell it's nancy pelosi is a monster Yo, I would not. You guys, you guys, have you seen? I'm sure you have. Mitch McConnell's fucking hands. He's They're definitely terrifying. formaldehyde face. Like, put on the. Oh my god! Like, is he okay? I I don't care. I hope not. I don't care. But like his fucking hands. It's yeah. what? Yeah. What? I think he is. I think he's formaldehyde body. Like, I, I legitimately <laughs> think that he is an undead. I was loving on Twitter the other day. Uh, Yesterday or today, uh, past guest in front of the pod, Primrock, was tweeting mm-hmm. uh, and was like, you know what? My first pet was a turtle. I love turtles. I'm tired of this turtle slander. Let's stop the McConnell turtle uh, dialogue. I agree. Leave the turtles alone. He just looks like a rotting piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, how, much, and, how much makeup do you think he wears? Oh, good amount. Damn. But yeah, and the reason I bring up Pelosi is because she's also fucked us over a thousand fucking times. Well, yeah. it, she's a, he, she's a piss on you and tell you it's raining piece of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. McConnell's just like a, a no. I'm gonna pee on you and you're just gonna fucking live with it. Oh, piece God, of shit. Yeah, they're yeah. they're both awful. And that's what I'm trying to say. And that's there's no secrets. There's no there's. I'm not gonna drop the name of the fucking conspiracy theory that was involved in the insurrection that happened at the Capitol last month but but I, I get what you're saying this, it's not just that like those people yeah. are convinced that there's some secret thing going on no it's happening in fucking public it's happening right in front of fu- fucking front of you yeah and, and that's, put on the sunglasses and you just go oh it's them yeah <laughs> it's the rich and powerful who have always fucked you over yeah stop yeah. pretending it's not capitalism that's the problem <laughs> yes yes so uh. so yeah i mean i mean to to put a fine point on it again i would say definitely going into it it's it's an action sci-fi film but but the message yeah. is so clear and so horrifying that it's it it turns it to horror for me yeah and i love that um so there's a negative review of this movie mm-hmm. that calls there it always a, is <laughs> it says it never gets behind the quote pop orwell premise or never gets beyond that and i'm like actually pop orwell is a really good way of describing this movie because george orwell one great anti-fascist 
yeah. uh, was a has a lot of writings on how best to use grenades to kill fascists. <laughs> so, so my confusion. And so it is a poppy version of Orwell. It absolutely is. Yeah. So it's 1984, so, but like cool. <laughs> yes. So my confusion with this reviewer's um, review is. Do you want everything that has this sort of message to be doom and gloom or should it be more palatable for people and then reach a wider audience and yeah and spread the message that way or just at least have people use their brains and think about it as you know or- Yep, sorry, I'm just making like big eyes at Nicole, but I forget that this is an audio medium, you can't see me. Yeah, I don't I I I don't understand where that person missed. Yeah, why is that a bad thing? I think it's a great review yeah. of it. It's like Pop Orwell. Yes, it doesn't get beyond that, but it does. It definitely gets beyond it. That's just false that it doesn't get beyond it. Yeah. But calling it Pop Orwell is fucking gorgeous. Yeah. That's bang the fuck on. <laughs> yeah, that's all I have to say about that negative review. I love 1984. I, it's a great fucking book. Yeah. Um Animal but, Farm too. Yeah. Yeah. But a little dry to read these days. You know what I will absolutely show kids to say why fascists suck? They live. It's fun. It's ridiculous. There's a six minute long fight scene in the middle that's amazing. It definitely would hold... Aronofsky um, referenced it in an Oscar winning movie in The Wrestler. Like, yeah, it would certainly <laughs> hold children's attention yeah. with, with like the action and everything. Two um, big beefy dudes going to town on each other and then everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so that's that's... Those are all the points that I really wanted to make. Yeah. I I certainly would recommend this movie. I know this isn't a recommendation podcast, but no, it's 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 so relevant and it's it's worth yeah, like you're saying, it's worth it's looking worth a, into. It's worth a spin. Yeah, and um, no, it absolutely is a horror film just because of the content of it. Like if we lived in a sunshiny, happy, beautiful world that you know people weren't starving in the streets and yeah. people could stay in their apartments and afford their health care and didn't have to, you know, run GoFundMes for insulin that fall just short and then they die. Like, if we weren't living in that world, yeah, then this would be, this wouldn't be a horror film. Yeah. But horror lives in context. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in 30 years, if we do live in a wonderful world where people don't die from budgeting their insulin. Yeah. Great. Yeah. This isn't a horror film anymore. Agreed. It's a cautionary tale at that point, which horror films can also be. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I'll I'll re I'll rejudge it when we get there. But right now, thirty some years after it came out, that it's still the same fucking thing. Yeah, that's horrifying. Agreed. And it's beyond horrifying, right? Like the and yeah. we never really put the fine point on there. Horrifying is gives you the willies. Horror is more than that. It's something else. Horror it's like a, is like it doesn't leave you. Yeah, horrifying is yeah watching someone's nails get torn off. That's horrifying. Yeah. Horror is... Babies dying is horrifying. Horror is haunting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, horrifying and haunting maybe is even better, you know? Yeah. But yeah, this movie is haunting. Yes. Uh, It's a lot of fucking fun. It's stupid as shit. It's so goddamn dumb. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. But that's on purpose. Like, that's that's, none of that was, you know, a mistake. Again, sometimes to get your message across, you have to package it in a certain way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess we should just finish up on uh, kind of wrap up John Carpenter month. This is our last episode. We won't be back with him for a while. Yeah, we'll see him though. We will. There's no way to avoid it. <laughs> um, there are plenty of other films that we'll cover in the future. Yeah, but uh, any final thoughts on John Carpenter for the month? I want to say that I'm so I'm super thankful for John Carpenter because he kind of just said, 
fuck it. I'm going to make what I want to make. Um, I think it's really cool that he was able to find some some success with Halloween. And then he also has, you know, kind of a cult following with his yeah. other stuff, um, especially. And I, I love that... I love that he did that because we have so we we have so many amazing movies today and he's at this point in horror to me he's kind of like the middleman where he took uh he took things from like Psycho and all mm-hmm. of these older horror films and and Hitchcock and Vincent Price and took took all of these older horror films probably from the beginning of time where we started documenting on via camera horror oh film, yeah he's definitely you know? got impre- he's got he's got influences from german expressionism too yeah totally. yes yes yeah. that was the one i was missing thank you and and he's kind of like the middleman where he took all of that and he he created something that he that he was he paid homage to all of those things mm-hmm. that he was inspired by and now because of that because of him being like no fuck you i'm gonna go do what i want to do uh but thanks for liking halloween yeah peace out <laughs> um What's the line from uh, Douglas Adams? So long and thanks for all the fish. Yeah, that's it. And so now we've got several horror directors who have taken, who pay homage to him. And also, um, so therefore are kind of continuing this good horror lineage that we have. And there's kind of, it kind of creates a through line, but yet they're expanding on it. Like obviously John Carpenter expanded on everything that he was inspired by and, and so on and so forth, Mm -hmm. you know? So I, that's what I think is really cool is that there's some sort of lineage that you can connect the dots to. And it's a good type of lineage. It's not, it's not like, Oh, this is, you know, so outdated, so outplayed. It's, it's that people are inspired by it and continue to make it better. Definitely. And again, we've got, um, technology, um, being mm-hmm. thrown into the mix. Like this movie right here, if you remade this today, you'd really have to fucking dance around like technology and stuff. But I do think that, that some of our amazing directors today could fucking do it. I, I have volunteer no, tribute, you know, yeah. like I'm right here. I am, I, I am available. No, I have no <laughs> doubts in my mind and it probably would be even scarier with technology. Yeah. Um, with but the internet it's, it's, it's like, there's a whole point that I didn't make about the, it's uh, a scary place. the shrinking of the internet. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We've mm-hmm. talked about this, you and I off mic about a bunch about like the shrinking of the internet, but that's totally, our version of that. Yeah. So long story short, thank you, John Carpenter, for bridging the gap here, yeah. being the connector, um, <laughs> and really just continuing to inspire really fun and amazing and meaningful horror films. Yeah. And I've talked for way too long. So no, 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 I, no, no, no. There's no talking for too long. <laughs> Fuck off. Um, no, I'm, I'm not a horror fan without John Carpenter. Yeah. Um, which is to say... There's a lot of films I love that are not his. Most yeah. of the films I love are not his. Yeah. Just because he didn't make all the films. <laughs> he only made some. A bunch, but a not... A bunch, but yeah. not all. Yeah. But yeah, what I mean to say is that there is not a version of me getting back into horror the way that I am now. Totally. Without people who love him like I love him. Love him without people who build on his techniques and ideas and embracing of the weird and cool parts of filmmaking embracing the nerdiness of filmmaking yeah um instead of just being a money like a cash cow yeah because we've talked about this before the 90s are kind of a fucking 
Early mess. aughts too. Yeah, yeah. There was there was a good fifteen years where there was just not much great happening in horror. Yeah, there were some really good things that happened in those times. We've we've covered several of them. Um, yeah, the ring, the original ring. Yeah, the original grudge, Juan Ray. Just a lot of them were bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. Scream happened. There that are time. always M- exceptions. Mimic is pretty good. You know, like there are exceptions, but for yeah. the most part, bad. we're only covering the good ones. You know, yeah. Because <laughs> we... I don't want to just like yeah. hate on something for an yeah. hour and a half. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for every scream, there's a, I know what you did last summer, right? Correct. Um, <laughs> so I think I, I, I love that he made horror something that was cool and weird and fun and gave a shit about its history. Right. And when he, when you grow up watching him, like all of these directors that we love have talked that we've talked about Robert Eggers, uh, Jordan Beale, uh, Bong Joon-ho, all huge fans of George, John Carpenter. Um, and mm-hmm. like we've said, he's your director's favorite, your favorite director's favorite director. Yes. Scorsese. He's one of Scorsese's favorite directors. Yeah. Like the dude who is known for Mr. Otor filmmaker mm-hmm. thinks he's one of the greatest directors of all time. So yeah, I, I, the, the thing I can say is, yeah, it's thank you. And dear God, I can't believe that we get to live in a world where John Carpenter's existed. It makes me very happy when I think about <laughs> it. Um, and I, I know that that sounds like a fucking pick me statement, but I don't give a shit. All right, so uh, that's it for John Carpenter Month with Horror Babes uh, this February. We will be back next week with more content for your ears. You can find us at Horror Babes Pod on Twitter, Horror Babes Podcast on Instagram, horrorbabespod.com. We are everywhere you listen to us, as you know, because you're listening to us right now. If that place allows you to leave a review and, uh, you know, write an actual review and a rating, please do that. It makes us so happy. Uh, We love it. And it makes it so we can keep doing this. We love you so much. And I guess for now, we'll just have to say bye, Bye, babes.